Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to the broad street hockey green room live post game my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening i just <laughs> i don't even know anymore <laughs> look this team man they're what now five oh and one in their last six and uh i, I like my opinion of them has improved exactly 0%. Maybe I'm just being stubborn, but, like, did you watch that game tonight? Like, come the fuck on. That's one of the worst hockey games I've ever watched. It's one of the worst hockey games they've played all year. Somehow uh, they, they come away uh, with two points. I mean, that that second JVR goal, uh, what, 15, 16 seconds, that is the Hackstall special right there. Score a goal and give it right back. I mean, you just got hacked right in the face, my friends. Um, just this team, uh, JVR, real quick, just you could have said he did it again about two different things with JVR tonight. Uh, he scores two goals. And also has two of the absolute worst drop pass attempts uh, ever witnessed by these eyes. Just like, I, I don't even know what I'm watching with this team. I, 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 see, again, like, Seattle is horrible. That's That's been the common thread throughout this, uh, this point streak, this little, uh, you know, 6-0-1 run that they're on. Uh, they're, they're playing dreadful teams. I mean... If they play a team with offensive firepower better than, like, Jordan Eberle and Yanni Gord, they lose this game, like, 6-1. But they didn't. They win the game. They did what they had to do. Uh, Ivan Provorov, I will say, we've seen him make some plays with space. Uh, you know, we all remember that Montreal three-on-three goal a few years ago. He gets this one. I'm not saying Ivan Provorov has these amazing hands or whatever. I'm just saying, like, when the next time a Flyers game comes down to a shootout, Ivan Provorov should be in the first three. Like, this is – they don't have anyone else. It's not like there's this big crop of guys we're choosing from. Why not throw Provorov out there? Like, Provorov, Lawton, Farabee, let's see it. All right, uh, but let's talk about tonight's game. Let's talk about let's talk about what everyone did over the holidays. Let's talk about whatever the fuck anyone wants to talk about in tonight's post game. Uh, let's lead off the callers with Nikki Hall. Nikki Hall, you're first up. Bill, my friend, how are you tonight? I'm well, Nikki. How are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, first, before we get down to the business, how was your Christmas? 
Oh, it was great. I uh, you know some time, uh, time with the wife, time with the family, all that. Saw some people, had some times. So, uh, holidays are always a great time. Uh, NHL break started a little earlier than usual, so that was nice. Uh, all in all, pretty pretty good. Yeah, I'd say pretty much the same. It was a pretty chill Christmas for me. Uh, would have had seen people had we not, you know, had someone in my distant family catch COVID and basically give it to a majority of people that are going to show up for the Christmas party. So, I mean, what are you going to do there? But I mean, yeah, it's a it's a reality of the world right now, you know. It's it was a chill Christmas. I'm not going to deny that, but um, got some football. Football was real good. Um, <laughs> watching the Browns and Packers. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was fun. Watching the Panthers get eliminated was even funner. Anyway. <laughs> um, Eagles are in it, though, which I suppose is good for Philly. And, uh, yeah, you know, the Saints lost, so, hey, improved odds. But <clears throat> enough of all that. Tonight's game, well, like you said, wasn't anything to brag about. Wasn't their best performance, I'm going to be honest. Like, the win's nice, but... I'm going to say that, you know, it. this is one of those games that seems like, you know, if this was a way of any way you can get points, like, yeah, Seattle's really one of those, like, first-year teams that's, like, under Dave Hackstall, it's like, you're not going to expect massive firepower, but at the same time, we do have a habit of making literal garbage juice teams look like all-star teams, so, like, I don't think this game could have really played out any better than it really did, if that makes sense. No, I think there's a good uh, – just in terms of you're, you're starting – like, I, I want to I get on the flyers for just looking like shit for a majority of the first 40 minutes and pretty mm-hmm. much the entire game. But it, like you said, you're going get, to get two points any way you can get them. You're starting a road trip. You're on the West Coast. You're coming out of this long break. You're missing Sean Couturier. You're missing uh-huh. some pieces. Carter Hart's out. Uh-huh. And you find a way to come away with two points. So, like, as ridiculous as the game played out, ultimately, it's what they needed to do. You know, like, uh-huh. if you want to look at it that way, and again, like, if it's any team other than a team whose best forwards aren't Jordan Eberle and Yanni Gord, they probably okay. get blown out. But that wasn't the case. You can only play who's in front of you. So, like, I, I do feel that. Like, yes, it was a shitty game, but you know what? They did get the two points, and that's what they went out there to do. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I wholeheartedly expected us, because we have such a terrible track record with long breaks, to just come out and just shoot the bed, like – I'm glad it wasn't the case, but it's just like, I think it's just beyond an expectation at this point, whether it's we're going to shit the bed or we're actually going to like go out and, you know, do well. Um, In regards to the whole list, as far as COVID, do we know like any timetable as far as like when everybody's going to return? Because I know they put a bunch of players on it, but then I think Wilman was one of the ones on the, on the list, but he recently came off it. So, like, how does that all work? Yeah, it looks like uh, – and thanks a lot, Nikki. Um, it looks like they, they adapted the, uh, the NFL and NBA uh, protocol of – uh, players five days instead of ten quarantining. I believe there's a difference in the NHL for vaccinated and unvaccinated, but I it just seems as if 
guys are going to be available a lot sooner. And I don't know. I don't think you have to test out of it. I think it's just a redunct a, re, a reduction of symptoms after uh, five days in quarantine. Uh, like yeah, Wilman uh, Frost came back. He went on uh, before the break, I believe. So I think guys are going to come back sooner. I'm not sure about like Sean Couturier because um, he's been dealing with injuries. He tested positive. Was it yesterday? Uh, didn't make the trips uh, like on a long road trip. I don't know how it's all going to play out. I don't know of any timetables or anything. I'm sure we'll get uh, a little bit more of that information, you know, as the, as the league gets back underway and we start seeing all these things uh, actually play out in real time. Like you always have your protocols and everything, but to see how they're actually applied, uh, I think we'll have a better understanding of that, but uh, it's they're going to be shorthanded for a little while, and a lot of the league is dealing with the exact same thing. So I don't want to use any of that as an excuse, but it is something to keep an eye on, like who's on the list when they'll be able to come off. I'm sure they'll talk about it in, uh, in the press conferences and things tonight and whatever we hear uh, between now and the next game. What is it, Thursday? Or, I don't remember. When is the next game? Today is – the fuck's today? Is the next game Friday? Oh. I don't know about all that. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's go to Brian Bigaman. Brian, you are live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Good to talk to you. How are you tonight, Brian? Uh, doing well. Uh, and also, don't worry. Um, we all know that the days between Christmas and New Year's are an enigma. It is okay that you don't know what day it is. <laughs> I really was just like, is I really thought it was Tuesday. And I was like, no, it is. I'm no, I've worked three times this week. So it cannot be Tuesday. So it must be, well, I'm now it's technically Thursday on the East coast, but so it must be Wednesday. And I really had to like backtrack for a while there. Yeah. I've come to the glorious conclusion as I've gotten older that the uh, days between Christmas and new year's don't actually exist. This is actually the matrix that we're in. So, um, but to talk about the flyers, whoo, was that game a shit show? It was about horrible. It? <laughs> it was absolutely horrible. Yowzas. I didn't um, pay attention to the second period at all. Like, I was just sitting there perusing Twitter, and every time I looked up, I was like, wait, the Flyers were on the penalty kill like five minutes ago. How come it's looked like that this entire time? Yeah, they played five on five like they were, you know, playing the penalty kill, which is very a la AV's system, unfortunately, but... It seems that Martin Jones has decided to play like Stanley Cup run Martin Jones. That's that's out of nowhere. Um, but hey, uh, what I did want to talk about was I'm impressed with two forwards, and I want to get your honest opinion about these forwards. Um, I'm impressed with Max Willman and Zach McEwen. And people will make fun of me for the Zach McEwen thing, but I'd like I wish it was a recorded stat of how many icings a guy can kill cuz I feel like every game he at least negates one icing. Zach McEwen is either going hard into the corners or going hard to the net with the puck and that's not something you can say about a majority of this roster. I really like Zach McEwen. Like on a good fourth line with two nice players next to him, like two guys who are quality fourth line NHLers. Zach McEwen would be absolutely great uh, in that sort of uh, in that role. And Wilman has been. Uh, he doesn't not belong. Like that's Wilman has proven that he can play in the NHL. I think. Um, 
you know, how effectively, how regularly, I don't know, but he's definitely a guy who has uh, used this opportunity to raise his stock, if not with this organization, then just around the league. When teams are looking for depth forwards, Max Willman should be on their list. Right. And tell me like a uh, Brassard McEwen Willman line doesn't sound at least interesting. Oh yeah, like that that's sort of for that's the exact sort of fourth line. I'm like that's what I'm looking for. So like some experience, some guys willing to throw the body and maybe a little bit more ability to put the puck in the net than you think. Yeah. All right, Bill. Uh, happy holidays, happy new year. Uh, hope you're healthy and your family's healthy. Have a good one. Appreciate it, Brian. Happy holidays. That's uh, that's good shit right there. Yeah, I, I always, I've, I'm always a fan of the bottom of the lineup guys. I always want to give them an opportunity, and I'm always happy to see guys earn their spots, uh, like Wilman and uh, McEwen have done so far this year. Brian S. Brian S. You're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. A uh, couple things. One, does Seattle have like the fucking coolest jersey in the game, or what? Uh, their their sweaters are. All, I do love their uh, their jerseys. Honestly, as much as I like their uh, their dark ones, their whites are so clean looking. Like I, I like those as well. Absolutely, I I think they've other than actual roster construction and coach hiring, I <laughs> think they've nailed. I, I think they've nailed like everything about being an expansion team. Yeah, for sure. And uh, other thing, uh, can we just talk about how damn lucky we are to have Drew, man? Two second all time in points. He's like, fucking amazing. Uh, he's he's just something so special. And uh, something I wanted to something I wanted to bring up. You know, he gets that power play assist tonight on the first JVR goal. How did it take four years? You have left handed JVR, a guy who gets paid to score. And it takes four years to get him in the slot on the power play. Like, I, I realize you like him as a net front guy, but when you realize it doesn't work with Giroux because of his handedness, but you know where it will work, in the slot. Like, how did it take this long to get there? Uh, like, it just goes to show you, like, how little they've done to help out Giroux over the years. Like, they showed the power play points uh, and – it's Drew, then it's Ovechkin and Backstrom. And I'm just looking at the Ovechkin and Backstrom next to each other thinking, God damn, imagine not even a not even an Ovechkin, but literally anybody with the ability to score regularly. Like would be so imagine what Drew's numbers would be with that guy. Yeah, for sure. I mean nobody's played that spot since Shen left, but I mean you just imagine how miserable the last decade would have been without Drew here. Everybody who wants him gone, man, they're going to be really bummed when it happens. Yeah, it's you're going to spend, you know, you're going to spend the next few years trying to hopefully find somebody as good as Claude Giroux. Finding someone better is like, yeah, sure, it would be cool to get Connor McDavid, <laughs> but that shit usually doesn't happen for anybody. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, stay gritty, Bill. Have a happy new year. <laughs> happy new year, Brian. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Eric Ball. Eric Ball, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Merry Christmas from Kitchener, Ontario. How are you, buddy? Oh, Merry Christmas. How's it going, Eric? Oh, I can't complain, except uh, that game was, was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Almost the whole thing. But I think it would have been worth it if Alexiak and Risto had actually dropped the glove. 
Oh, uh, what a what a heavyweight battle that would have been. Like, I love Jamie Alexiak. Like, one of the few guys I've ever seen get the best of Wayne Simmons. And I mean, like, no slight to Wayne there. He's Alexiak's fucking gigantic. Like, that would be like immovable, uh, well, immovable force and or immovable object, the irresistible force. Like, that would have been an awesome scrap. Yeah, like I don't think I've seen Risto drop him this year, and I've watched pretty much every game, but I feel like that guy can throw him. He's got to. Yeah, I feel like he's got a big intimidation factor. Like how many guys could even hope to punch him, like with his reach advantage? Uh, But maybe once. I don't think we've seen him fight this year. I'll just keep TK playing like that with Risto on the ice. I'm sure he'll get in there eventually. Yeah, absolutely. They're a a good – yeah, they're a good duo out there with TK talking shit and Risto there. Also, the uh, Brian, I think, earlier mentioned Zach McEwen. Like, if any of the guys with actual NHL talent on this team played with his effort, like, just watching him just try every shift. Like, if you saw that out of a Couturier or a Hayes or a JVR, like, those dudes are also massive. Like, I think that would go a long way to actually sparking the team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, like, I, like on every shift, I see McEwen go hard into the corners and try to take the puck to the net. That's not something I think about pretty much anyone on this team. Uh, on one of the, I think the late power play the Flyers had, Kevin Hayes took the puck, skated into the slot, and shot. And I thought, holy shit, somebody just carried the puck into the slot and took a shot. And... Like it's it's baffling that these they don't try this you know all the time because that's how you score. But it's to have this sort of effort McEwen puts out. Yeah, it would be nice to if he was better, but he's earned his spot based on his effort. Absolutely, him Lawton and uh, Wilman be a great fourth line and a contender. One hundred percent, without a doubt. All right, thanks, Bill. All right, appreciate it, Eric. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Stephen P. Stephen P., you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, you got me? I got you. How are you tonight, Steve? I'm doing great. Um, man, this team is exhausting, isn't it? It, like, I, I just, in the amount of time, I turned off my TV, I went to get my iPad, my headphones, and then I come in and sit down in my living room. I'm like, all right, going to do post game. What the fuck am I going to say? And I'm like, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> I, I, I have no – hopefully we have callers because I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah. watched this entire game. No idea. Uh, you know, the the Kraken scored their, their second goal. Um, and, I, I you know, I did the normal Flyers fan thing. I, I swore a little bit at my TV. I threw my hands up. I poured another drink. And then and then JVR scores 13 seconds later. I was like, where, where the heck was this for the rest of the game? Like it was a it was a heck of a pass in the blue line. He was a nice shot. It's like, God damn, just do this for sixty minutes, you know? Yeah, and that's the like you see it, it like on a play like that, Sandheim, uh the high to low pass, which was awesome, JVR scores. You see the three on three overtime, uh you know, awesome individual effort by Provorov and the uh the pass from I think Hayes. And you're just like they could have so easily outskilled this team tonight. Like the Flyers aren't more skilled than, you know, really good teams. 
but they have so much more talent, even missing the players they're missing tonight than the Kraken, that, like, they should have just beaten them handily. The fact they needed overtime, but you do wonder where – how are you capable of making these plays a couple of times and not six times a period? It really is just infuriating. All right, that's all I got, Bill. You rock for doing this. Go Flyers. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks a lot, Stephen. appreciate it. We are flying through the callers tonight. Can't say I hate it, uh, but, you know, it's uh, it, it's late. I get it. It's 1 a.m. here on the East Coast, so uh, not as many listeners as usual. I appreciate everyone. You know, like, it, it's it's the week between Christmas and New Year's. They're on the West Coast. I get it. So I appreciate everybody. Uh, staying up to hang with me tonight. Uh, Ryan Christman. Ryan, you're live on the post game. Ryan, you're muted. Hit the unmute, Ryan. I'm told it's at the bottom. Oh, there you go. Oh, I got you, buddy. It's yep. all right. Oh, you're good. Uh, fourth time, long time. Hey, um, I, I had a bunch of different points about this game, and then uh, Eric came on like two points If you put Zach McEwen into Kevin Hayes' body, you would have Eric Lindros. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe. Like, it would – yeah, if you had that sort of uh, – yeah, if Hayes had that kind of speed and just that, like, bullheaded mentality, but also, like, you'd get hurt a lot more, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, Hayes already gets hurt quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. What are your – um? This is strange questions. What are your thought about thoughts about uh, Jerry Mayhew, who made his Flyers debut tonight at 20 oh, yeah. years old? Yeah, I'm uh, this the situation the Flyers are in and the whole league is in. While it sucks that we don't get to see the best players every night, I, I'm a I appreciate guys getting an opportunity. Uh, Mayhew. Uh, gets to make his Flyers debut. I believe he's been up before in the league, but this was his uh, Flyers debut tonight. Uh, I, I just think it's cool that dudes get a chance. That's more than anything. I, it's not like I saw anything special out of Mayhew tonight, uh, but it, it's cool guys get to put some tape out there and have the opportunity to uh, get another contract. Yeah, completely agree. Um I had a bunch of points, and then, like, you know, you're sitting here waiting, and you forget about what your point was because you listen to other people's points, and you're like, oh, well, that's I didn't think of that. Um, yeah, I mean, what? where do you think – where do we go from here? I mean, we're, we're, we're beating subpar teams in overtime, uh, and then we play the Sharks tomorrow, who are a decent team. Like, how do you think that goes? Yeah, it's – man, you know uh, – it's going to come down to goaltending a lot of this. Like tonight they get it out of Martin Jones and now, you know, they got to go to San Jose. We know that they don't typically play well on this trip. Uh, I, I expect, you know, this run of luck that they're having to eventually run out. But in terms of where do we go from here? Um, I think they're going to be a, a treadwooder sort of 500 team. And around the deadline, I don't think it's going to be the fire sale we thought it was going to be a few weeks ago. But they have uh, they have some veteran pieces on one-year deals that absolutely need to be moved out, regardless of what the return is. Um, just because this is, if you can't turn it, if you can't tear it apart during the season, which I get because it's hard to move big money during the season. 
uh, man, like the Derek Broussards and the Keith Yandels and some of these guys with one year on their deal, like even look at Rasmus Ristolainen maybe, um, you got to try to move these guys out and accumulate as many assets as possible because sooner or later, you're going to have to start over with this thing. Uh, they're kind of in a weird situation where, you know, they have Carter Hart, they have Sean Couturier locked up, they have Kevin Hayes locked up. It's going to be real hard to be an awful team. Um, so maybe you're best suited, like, band-aiding it for a little while longer, but you still, at a certain point, are going to have to start over. The asset accumulation has to begin now. I, I completely agree. I think with the Yandel thing, I think they let him get to the record in a Flyers uniform just for optics. Because, like, I was talking to some people earlier today, they're like, why aren't they benching Yandel and this and that? I'm like, do you understand, like, how that would look to free agents? Because, like, they pay attention to that shit. Like, what, yeah, what? and, like, regardless of how bad Yandel actually is, that would piss off. Yeah. That would piss off a lot of people in the locker room and a lot of players around the league. You're absolutely right. Like, it, it, would it be the right move hockey-wise? Yeah, but absolutely. it's not always about that. It's been dreadful. But, like, look what happened, like, last year when uh, uh, Quinville was like, yeah, you yeah, know, it's not all that great. We're, we're going we're gonna to set on first game of the year and then, you know, break the streak. And look what kind of backlash they got. And that's Florida, and they have 42 fans. Yeah, like people are laying their jerseys down like the dude's Rudy or something. Like, it's it, – it, yeah, yeah, I think – like it's going to be hilarious when he breaks the record and the very next game he's out of the lineup. That's going to be the funniest part. Exactly. He's going to be waived, traded, something. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with the, his liabilities. Obviously, he's getting older. He used to be a fantastic offensive defenseman, and he showed some flashes of that in the beginning of the year, but – uh, I'm, you know, I'm over the, uh, I'm over it now. Uh, yeah, the guy just doesn't have it anymore. He's going to get his record and then hopefully Cam York takes his spot. Yeah. I mean, the, the guy, you don't necessarily, like you want him to get it, but you're not going to feel bad for him. Cause like the dude's got millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like he's been in the league for like 15 years. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's fine. I'm happy he, that he's getting it here and he's, he's doing it, you know, around his buddies, just, you know. Do, you know, deal with a couple of minus twos every game and uh, just have everybody else score. And that's it. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I mean, Keith Yandel is what he is at this point. We all know he can't play anymore. Uh, some idiot team looking for depth, you know, around the deadline. We'll try to bring him in maybe like a Mark Strike sort of deal. I, get something for him. He's got a year left on his deal. People know the name Keith Yandel. I'm sure you can get, like, uh, fucking fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, whatever it'll be, you know. Uh, just get something. And I feel that way with a lot of the dudes uh, on this team who don't really have a future here. It won't be that fire sale. Like, I don't see them moving Giroux, you know. Uh, but guys like Yandel and Broussard and even Justin Braun. I like Justin Braun a lot. Uh, but – Fuck, man, he deserves to go play for a contender. Like Jesus Christ, we got him playing for – the guy's a third-pair defenseman. We got him playing first-pair minutes. Like, you know, let him go be who he is on a good team. 
Like these are the these are the and you could you would get something for Justin Braun, a, a team in need of a defenseman. Like fucking Colorado would give you something for Justin Braun, you know. Uh, sixty-nine, Mister Sixty, you're live. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? I got you. Yep. So first thing I want to say, uh, Seattle, honestly, that stadium's pretty cool. Um, how about the uh, goal song going with the the Nirvana? That was sick. I uh, I was I was sitting there like, all right, I dig this. I dig this. Yeah, um, it's actually really funny. I mean. Now, now that I like had a second to like sit on it and really think about it during like Christmas and whatnot, are we looking at this whole off season wrong? Where like we we need to get rid of Giroux or like we need to trade Giroux and just like instead maybe we just need to like move cap space and then just re-sign him because he's our only offensive player that we have. Yeah, I think there's a number of directions they can go in. Um, like I said, because it's going to be hard for them to bottom out with Carter Hart and Sean Couturier and Kevin Hayes. Like it's going to be hard for them to be, you know, one of the three worst teams in hockey. Maybe they do just need to bandaid it for a few more years. And I like ultimately that'll just push it back. And can they build a cup contender out of, you know, the leftover pieces and a free agent or two? Probably not, but I don't, I don't know if they can bottom out. I don't – that's the thing. Like, it's like one of those things where it's like Fletcher – if they bought him out and it's not on purpose, Fletcher's gone and he knows that. And, like, there's no way he's going to trade away, like, half the team and purposely bottom him out because then he's going to know that he's gone then after they do that. So yeah, like, I think that guy's just going to go all in, keep going all in until they fire him. You don't hire a GM because the last one refused to make the team any better – and say you have like a bias for action and make all the moves he's made and sign the players like in a going for it type way and then say, well, he failed. So we're going to let him rebuild it too. Like that makes zero fucking sense. That would not happen. So like he's going to want to keep his job. So looking up these, I guess the next three games, what is it? Uh, San Jose, uh, Anaheim and LA, or it's in one of those orders or whatnot. Right. Um, yeah. To make this like a successful like next three games, how many points do the Flyers need to get out of those next three games? And uh, I'll hang up now. Thanks, Bill. I mean, good question, uh, sixty. Thanks a lot. Um, oh, so it is back to backs. It's San Jose tomorrow. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, so San Jose tomorrow. The Kings on Saturday, New Year's Day, uh, and then Anaheim on the fourth. Oh, that's cool. Same night as Wrestle Kingdom, so I'll be up late anyway. Good shit, good shit. Uh, anyway, um, they get two, so in the eight games, that's or in the four games, eight points. I mean, they need so many points to get back in this thing, it's ridiculous. Uh, like, six or seven out of eight is what they really need. Um, four or five is realistic, I would say. Uh, but... You know, it's not like San Jose's great. The Kings are better than anyone expected, I'd say, but it's not like they're awesome. They're beatable, but the Flyers aren't awesome. And then Anaheim has been really good. Uh, they're, Anaheim's better than the Flyers. So uh, 
what's realistic? I get like they could win these next two games. Uh, it's going to be interesting what they do in net tomorrow with San Jose. Like, I, it's it's Martin Jones's former team. I like their backup right now is fucking Felix Sandstrom. So I assume it's going to be Jones on back to backs. But without Hart, this is a real interesting situation they're in right now. Uh, Johnny Dyer, Johnny, you're live on the post game. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito How's it doing? Johnny. Oh, there you are. How's it going tonight? How's it? Merry Christmas, man. Merry I was just going to ask. You as well. Thank you. I was just going to ask you who you thought was going to be in the net tomorrow because of that, their situation that they're in. Um, yeah, I, so I got to we'll believe... I got to believe they're going to ride Martin Jones here uh, for a little bit. Um, you don't want to play a goalie back-to-backs, but it's not like he's going to die. Like, he was playing 60-plus games a year for San Jose. He's played back-to-backs before. Uh, he played well tonight. It's not like he had an, a huge workload. The Flyers got outplayed, but it's not like they had fucking 60 shots against them or anything. So, uh, I fully expect it to be Martin Jones tomorrow. I'm lucky I got to listen to the game. I didn't get to see the game, so I get to listen to Saunders and Coatsy, and that was that was pretty fun. But because uh, they can just laugh while whatever Drek is going on on ice, they can just have fun. Um, so I didn't know if uh, did Joel Farabee play tonight? Was he even in the lineup? I'll tell you, he he uh, he took a puck out of the corner. I think it was in overtime took a puck out of the corner and took it to the net. And I swear to God, that was the first time I heard his name. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, didn't he? He's back, right? I was thinking the exact same thing. And then when they said his name, I was like, oh, shit, he is out there. Because I heard, like, a whole bunch. I heard JVR's name a whole bunch, obviously. I heard Lindblom get pulled a few times, and they, they switched JVR and, and Lindblom on their lines. And then, uh, like, I don't know what happened, man. I, I really liked TK at for a little bit, but like I I don't know what that guy does anymore out there other than wear a number eleven. Yeah, TK is a uh it really looked like he was turning into something. And I bet you when we trade him, he'll be a nice <laughs> No, uh, when when he gets traded, he will be a nice second best player on a good second line. And, like, he'll fit in fine. But for whatever reason, it just ain't working here. And just a question before I go. What team do you think can afford 
to take G's salary because there's no way he's not going to waive his no-move clause for the chance to win a Stanley Cup with another team this year. He'd be foolish not to. But I don't know who can afford him. Well, the thing is you can cover up to 50%, and with this being the only year left, you're getting Giroux for like under $5 million, like 4.1 or something. So if we took a little salary back, retained it, you can get a huge return. Uh, Most teams would be able to figure something out for Claude Giroux. Uh, I wonder if the Flyers would pull the trigger or if they're just like, nah, we're keeping G. He's going to be the franchise's all-time leader and everything, and fuck it, because we're not going anywhere either way. <laughs> I like. I feel bad for the guy because he's awesome. He's been the the best, like the best flyer I've gotten to watch since since Eric Lindros, and like yeah, yeah, and it's just been wasted, like. It just feels like a waste almost, you know, like, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed it, but like, oh, I almost feel like that poor guy. I know he's like made a lot of money and everything, but like, holy crap, he, he needs some, there's nobody to replace him. So like, what are they going to do? <laughs> so frustrating. No, the guy's, <laughs> the guy's going to be what, 34 in a couple of days and he's still the best player on the team and there's no one particularly close. You know, when, when Couturier is, is healthy uh, and uh, playing his best, he's equally as important. But they don't have anyone close to the to the weapon that Claude Giroux is. Uh, and I think it's ultimately just going to come down to, like, do you really want to stay? If so, we will re-sign you. Do you want to go win a cup? If so, we will trade you. Like, I think yeah. that's what it's going to be. It's got to be. And then I, I, gotta, I will let you go. I know you got probably other people want to talk, but – are they eventually going to go through every defenseman to run the power play and then put Travis Sanheim on there? I'm not saying that the guys deserved it, but like you've been talking about a little bit. Other guys have been talking about it. Like Keith Yandel is washed up. He's, he is no longer the player that he was. He cannot be the point man on a power play anymore. He can't do it. No. Uh, yeah. Like it affects a lot. Johnny. Uh, yeah. Thanks a lot, Johnny. Um, uh, yeah, I've said for a while, like, Travis Sanheim has to do something to earn his power play time, but, like, n- no, he doesn't. <laughs> you know what? He's looked good recently. Uh, he He's showing you some of that offensive spark uh, that we know he has, but just for some reason dries up for real long stretches of time. Um, that pass tonight was tremendous for the JVR uh, second goal. Like, just see, just put him there. Maybe you know, give him some confidence by doing it, and we see a different Travis Sanheim because of it. Uh, you know the potential's there. Like, I'm not saying he's like Kale McCarr or anything, but fuck, like, you don't have to be Adam Fox, you know? You can just be pretty good, and, like, pretty good would be stupendous right now for this blue line because – the power play is ugly as shit. Um, I, I just, like, just give the fucking guy, this is it. Like, this is, Travis saying I'm supposed to be in his prime right now. Let's see it. Like, let's see. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. Good evening. A late one tonight. Um, tough game tonight. Uh, not that exciting. Very disappointed in the effort, actually. 
But uh, just a comment. Someone mentioned the PowerPoint guy on the PowerPoint. Do you happen to see uh, Team Sweden in the World Junior that Emil Andrea, a guy that the Flyers drafted a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looks pretty good. He does. Uh, I like. I think it'll be a little bit, uh, but he looks like he definitely has the skill. I was watching him just move the puck up, and I watch our defensemen. I have no idea what they're doing. I mean, really watching the team tonight, they are so disjointed. There's just, like, no system there. I mean, it's uh, just like they're playing street hockey. Warren, there was a breakout, I think, in the third period tonight. And I, like, I'm going to call it a breakout attempt because I, I, there's not a name for what they actually did. But they're just, like, fooling around with the puck behind their own net. Now, this is with zero pressure. Seattle's changing. There's no one there. There was, like, one four-checker, and he went off. Provorov eventually is just behind the net by himself looking around. Clearly, everyone is just standing still. There's no one open. And he got frustrated. Uh, a forward eventually came back, and I don't know, the, the camera work is bad, but the pass was bad. Or I, like Suddenly, Seattle had the puck again. After the Flyers were just standing there with it, doing nothing, and then they were pinned in their own zone after Seattle changed. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. The breakout is the worst shit I've ever seen. I mean, they just really struggled. Their defense really struggles. They're constantly getting forechecked, and they don't seem to have any way to get out. They throw the puck, or, you know, they throw the puck away constantly in their own end. Uh, you know, they, it's it's really a talent deficit now. I mean, you're looking at you know a bunch of guys that picked up on waivers, free agents, you know, uh, minor league free agents. It's really a shame. I mean, we really need a quality center. Uh, you know, to, cause, uh, Konechny's lost out there. There's really no one to play with him. There's no one to play with Farabee. There's no real playmaking. You know, yet Hayes looks lost out there. You know, he's obviously still hurt. It, it's, yeah. it's a shame. It looks like Hayes needs time to, like, get loosened up. Like, tonight he, looked awful for the first two periods and then, you know, good third period makes the play in the, in the, in the overtime to get the puck to Provorov. Like uh, outside of him with Couturier out, you know, Giroux, yes, they have him back at center and Giroux's great, but he's not a center anymore. That's not his, that's not where he's most effective. I mean, they're spending uh, like, so much, so much time trying to get out of their own end that they're, they just, that's why they have no offense. They can't get out of their own end with the puck. With any kind of speed. No, they just never they just never were on offense tonight. Like the <laughs> fact that they scored three goals is actually incredible because like I, I know what the shot total says. They had like five shots tonight. Nothing can convince me otherwise. Well, they had like, like ten, fifteen minutes at a time would go by between shots. They had eleven shots through two periods. I mean that's, that's almost embarrassing. hard to that's almost hard to do. Like, uh, especially, we're talking about it's Seattle. This isn't the goddamn 90s Devils they're getting trapped to I, death by. Like, I, this is an expansion team that didn't try to win. I don't I don't know what Fletcher does. Someone asked a really intelligent question before, whether they, where do they go from here? I just, I, I don't know. I mean, you really, uh, <laughs> you're kind of stuck with some older guys. I don't know what you do with, you know, it doesn't seem like it's working. 
No, it it definitely doesn't. Thanks a lot, Warren. And that's where, like, we're going to have to see. I really, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you, you were all listening, and I was just like, they have to blow it up right now. Start the fire sale early. Like, let the whole league know, door buster prices. We're getting this thing started, um, you know, months before the deadline. Uh, and now, yeah, they're playing trash teams, but they're 5 or 6 0 and one whatever they are. Uh, their last however many games, they're going to be a 500-ish team, and we're just going to have to deal with that until the season ends. Like, they're not making the playoffs. Like, that's the thing. Uh, so they're going to be able to sell some pieces at the deadline. I don't think it'll be any major moves. I do think you can get something semi-substantial for Justin Braun, but, um, man, what <laughs> – it's going to take some major decisions are going to have to be made after this season. And I am not confident they make the right ones. I don't even know what the right ones are at this point. Uh, we're going to bring Nikki Hall back. Nikki, you're live. Um, it's actually interesting that we're kind of bringing up the future being as though that, you know, what, let's just think ahead for the hell of it. Um, the one thing that it would be nice to see is like, <sighs> And I know it's kind of like, well, actually, before I get to that, I will have to say, I do have to say the 2012 where they, the Pittsburgh Penguins were like the, the, like the team to beat all that. And we knocked them out literally the first round. That's probably like one of the few memories I will always cherish from this team. Oh, absolutely. And that was, that was quite a while ago at this point. No, I know. But I mean, it, it's going to be actually going to be a decade ago this coming new year. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, as far as rebuilding, like, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see, like, but at the same time, what what do we get out of, like, a guy like Yanlo? Because, like, you notice the trade deadline last year, we really only traded, who was it, just Raffle and uh, who was the other, who else did we trade last year? It was Raffle and, um, gosh, why can't I think of the name? I can't remember Nikki, but no, I know that I, like I don't think you get much for Yandel. I think mm. it's like um, like I, I just think it's about accumulating some sort of asset mm-hmm. so that you have more pieces and you open up the roster spot for a Cam York and for some guys who can not just like not just guys you want to see, but guys you mm. want to get NHL experience. Because they're going to need to be – if you're going to turn this thing around, like Cam York has to be a big part of it. That like Whether it's on the power play or just playing third-pair minutes, whatever it is, Cam York is going to need – he's a first-round pick. And uh-huh. you, t- you missed on some. He's one you have high hopes for. Cam York needs to be on the ice. And like Keith Yandel is playing that role right now. It, you need to open up that spot. Oh, no, without a doubt. Um, the, just one – well, maybe probably Ken has one or two questions before I sign off officially. Um, until next post game, as far as the future goes, what which players do you feel are going to actually have a future here? Like which ones off the top of your head do you see? Do you which players do you see and you lo- you look at and like there's no way under any circumstances they're leaving this team, regardless of how bad we're doing. Carter Hart, just Carter Hart. I mean, Sean Couturier is locked up for eight years. 
Uh, I, I don't think you'd have like a huge problem moving his contract, but I also don't see it happening. Uh, I'd like to hold on to the salary. Yeah, like I'd like to hold on to Joel Farabee because I think he's going to be awesome. But you know, if you're blowing things up, sometimes and there's a piece out there you really want. Sometimes you have to give to get. Um, mm-hmm. I assume they keep one of Proverov or Sandheim, uh, but. I'm not like emotionally attached to either. Uh, hmm. You know, I, Carter Hart's my only quote unquote like untouchable piece. Hmm. And I can definitely say for sure. And I don't think you see Ellis being a long-term solution to this team. Not I mean, with. I would like for Ellis to be a long-term solution to what I thought this team was going to be before the season started. But the guys played five games, and the team's terrible. So I have no idea what the future holds for either the franchise or him. That's fair. Um, I was just curious because, like, it's just something that, you know, a lot of people think about, but we don't really, like, talk about it a lot. I mean, it gets brought up in, like, passing or in in conversation at times, but it's, like, it's not one of those things we really, like, touch on a lot. You know what I mean? And but I feel uh, uh, thanks as always for these post games, man. Like ready to end the new year strong or end 21, 2021 strong, hopefully. I got you. Happy New Year, Nikki. Thanks a lot. Uh, we got a couple more here. Let's go to. I'll get to you, Ryan. But Max Wind hasn't been on yet, so Max, you're live. Hey, Bill. How are you? How are you tonight, Max? Oh, not too shabby. A pretty trash game, wouldn't you say? Oh my! It was just—it was—it was a chore to watch that game. It was so goddamn boring. I mean, it's about as Philly as they come, though. You know, like that was like that was the worst game that I've 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 watched the Flyers play. We've seen some garbage games this year, but just in terms of like Seattle's so bad, they can't take advantage of how bad the Flyers are, which keeps the Flyers like they won this game. Like, and yeah. I'm like, it, like they played the worst game maybe they played all year. Seattle's best player is a third line like player, and he tears his ACL and he can't play. So they literally have no one, and we just uh, we spend the entire game in our own zone. Martin Jones bails us out the entire game long. JVR turns the puck over 17 times, but somehow stuffs two G's, and now he's a hero. And then Proverall <laughs> does pretty the, the much two, the exact same thing. The two the two drop passes, like almost I, I cannot believe the second the drop pass in overtime did not result in the game winning goal against. Like the Oh, I was he, I, I, I assumed like I basically in my mind I, I accepted the fact that they were gonna score. After he has the first drop pass to I assume the guy who ended up going off on a change, like maybe saw him out of the corner of his, maybe saw him out of the corner of his eye and thought he was skating behind him to take the drop. But I thought after, it was to the ref. After the first one, <laughs> to then do it again in the exact same fucking spot on the ice. I like he scored two goals tonight, and they are nowhere close to my most memorable things JVR did. Oh, not at all. But they they actually were kind of pretty goals. But at, at, at the same he time, scored from the, the outside, which was like <laughs> something I've been saying. It was kind of a knife. Like yeah, 
I've been saying he can score from that distance for four years, and they finally gave him the opportunity on the power play. Like, uh, it was good to see. Maybe the coaching isn't ridiculous anymore. That's nice. I mean, yeah, that's about like what you have to look at. But and and, and the the last caller brought up Ryan Ellis again, and I've brought him up before as well. And like that's the one question is we like we just don't know what the team is without the big off season like fix, quote unquote. Yeah, we just don't last, we don't have a clue. I mean, that's seven million dollars. Like last where does year, it go? Yeah, last year they couldn't. You know, the goalies couldn't stop a puck, and when they did, the defensemen could do nothing with it. Uh, this year, we figured, all right, Carter Hart, Carter Hart will bounce back, and we will go get Ryan Ellis, and he will help the breakout. Well, one of those two things happened. <laughs> Carter Hart bounced back, but they don't have that one guy. Now, the whole season shouldn't hinge on one guy. Like, yeah, if he was fucking McDavid, sure. It, you know, if the Oilers lose McDavid, they're not going to be any good. But, like, Ryan Ellis, while you need your number one defenseman, I, I don't know. Is is he Chris Pronger? Like, should everything absolutely fall apart without him? Uh, things would, abs- would definitely be better, but I think losing him kind of showed us just not as good as we were hoping. No, and I and I think that really comes comes down to like the simple fact that Ivan Provorov is not a number one. No, but I'm but not I'm not good. against having like a one B one B one B one B top four. However, when one of them falls out, you have Justin Braun playing in the first line D minutes, and that's not going to work. Yeah, and like no, I, everyone know I love Justin Braun. I like what he brings to the team. I think. On a third pair, he's perfect. But like, yeah, he's he's playing twenty minutes a game with Ivan Provorov. Like, your defense is no good if that's the case. No, and you can have four. You don't have to have. In my opinion, you don't have to have four or like one legit Kale McCarr, Victor Hedman kind of guy. I think you can have four very good top four defensemen and have it work. However, we never got to see that. We we yeah. saw Ivan Provorov who can't carry a line and the third line D man that's not going to work and then Yandel which like fortunately or unfortunately there's absolutely no chance he doesn't play off this contract in Philly and there's absolutely no chance he gets scratched when he's not when he or when he's healthy it's just a fact he lives with Kevin Hayes like the story is too good the record. The contract, the friendship, what happened in the offseason with Jimmy, there's just absolutely no chance they're going to scratch Keith Yandel. Like, as much as we're all going to scream for it, it's just not going to happen. I really wonder if the, like, the game, if the Flyers, because right now, what they are, they have a game in hand on Detroit and they're two points behind them. So they're essentially half a game behind Detroit for the second wild card spot. If they're in this little bubble area right here, after Yandel breaks the record, they have to make the hockey move and be like, Cam York's playing. I just, I don't, I don't see that happening. I just, I, it's, it, it really, and it comes down to the best friend factor though. Like ultimately at the end of the day, like you look at it, and you it got, does, you get, you got, you got Kevin to, Hayes for a number of years after this, like it would, it, that would not look good. And to players, also, to the league, to anyone. 
it does also look, come down to if Ellis still isn't healthy, like if Ellis is out yeah. for the year or whatever, well, you don't have six NHL guys. Like you're looking at <laughs> like look at what they, uh, Nick Sealer and Kevin Connaughton and like who they don't hey, have Kevin six. Connaughton has been admirable. He's been he's been better than Nick Sealer. <laughs> he's been admirable. He has been a uh, very nice, you know, seventh defenseman. Yeah, exactly. Playing every single night. Playing every single night and a lot heavier than he should minutes. Yeah, well. All well right. Thanks a lot, Max. I appreciate it, it. Yeah, you got it. Uh, this this team, like, how are they in last place? Oh, my God. All right, we have, uh, we have no new speak requests, so uh, we're going to wrap it up there. Only 56 minutes tonight. Uh, on a West Coast game. So thanks a lot, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever they're, wherever you find your podcast, and boom, hit subscribe. Content, content, content. You know the drill. Um, I, I honestly don't even know if I did my whole spiel or not yet. But you, you know, you know. Subscribe, rate, review, Bill Matz, etc. Have a great week, everybody.